Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Real Film Nerds. I just want to say a special thank you to everyone that came out last night for the pre-solo podcast with the Mile High Show and the Blue Milk Podcast. It was a blast. There was a lot of you that came out. There was lots of prizes given away. There was lots of fun conversation. I don't think we really talked about Solo much. We did talk about Star Wars quite a bit and the lack of Mr. Santos, the host of the Mile High Show, still to this day not watching Star Wars, even though he has physically possessed my DVD copies of the entire original six films for the past three years. Maybe one of these days he'll actually get around to seeing them, especially since his son, his son Anthony's getting old enough to uh, enjoy them himself, which I'm holding out hope for that kid. He is addicted. He likes Star Wars. I, I think we have an up-and-coming Star Wars convert. At least I hope. Anyways, all right. Well, let's get on with the show. With me, as always, my good buddy, my brother from another mother, as everyone likes to say, mysterious mike hey matt how's it going it's going man it's going how how are you doing michael uh pretty good pretty good uh kind of a uh, rainy where i'm at but uh other than that pretty good what are you drinking this evening um uh, hold on it's a left hand uh beer uh juicy goodness Dry hopped gold nail. Now, are you drinking that because you're left-handed? Um, you know, I guess that 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 could be a reason, but uh, I generally like their beers as well. Well, that's good. I like beers too. You know what my favorite kind of beer is? Free. Yes. Nailed it. See, this is why we do podcasts so well together, because everyone else is like, oh, it's Kilt Lifter. We all know that. And I'm like, no, it's not. My favorite beer is free. Yes, Matt. Just like free beer tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, Mike. So we saw the wonderful, the amazing, the best comic book superstar on the planet. His sequel today or not today, this past week. We went out and caught Deadpool 2. Give us the rundown, Mike. All right. So Deadpool 2 uh, follows our foul-mouthed mutant mercenary Wade Wilson, a.k.a. Deadpool, brings together a team of fellow mutants, rogues, mutant rogues to protect a young boy of supernatural abilities from a brutal time-traveling mutant cable. And, well, I don't know if it really brings together too many of the mutants because of, well... Anyway, spoilers ahead. Everybody dies. Wait, hold on. Are we talking about Infinity War? Maybe. (laughs) All right. So, Mike, what did you think about Deadpool 2? Because I'm not going to start this one off. I'm going to have you start it off because I am crazy super biased because, as I've exclaimed before in previous podcasts, Deadpool is my favorite comic book character by a long shot. I love Deadpool to death because he is so freaking absurd. The most expensive comic book I own in my arsenal is the first appearance of Deadpool. Now, it's not the most expensive because it's just his first appearance, 
but it's also graded and it's also signed by the creator. That's why it's so expensive. Ooh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. It's pretty awesome. So I'm a little biased when it comes to Deadpool. Mike, how did you think the sequel to one of the funniest movies of 2016 was? So, Matt, um, unlike you, I don't have quite the bias. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, there's something just a little bit something missing from it. But it may- maybe some of the jokes weren't quite as fresh. But other than that, it was very entertaining. There was lots of great stuff in it. Um, I guess we're at, we're I guess my favorite thing to start out with is family is not an F word. Yeah, that was a great line, wasn't it? Yeah, that's that's a great line. And that kept reoccurring throughout the film. I think he said it what three or four times at least. Yeah, quite a bit of times. Yeah, this 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 was kind of more personal on the the uh Wade Wilson side of Deadpool. Um more dealing with uh pain and loss of 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 uh significant characters and his own upbringing and children and I mean there it was some kind of heavy stuff uh Deadpool is, as usual, his uh, sarcastic, uh, fun-witting way about handling this stuff, but it definitely had some serious undertones in this. I agree. I thought it was a very good film. I really, really, really enjoyed the story. As I was stating when we were texting back and forth about Deadpool, because you saw it, what, yesterday, I think? Yesterday morning? So I'm like, no. Yes. Yes. Yesterday morning, yep. Yeah, and I saw it opening night, and I was actually going to even message you and be like, dude, I was kind of disappointed. And I was. I won't lie. I was kind of disappointed in this movie, and it's for exactly the things that you brought up. I really loved the story. I thought they nailed the story. There was great acting. The story was very compelling. I was disappointed when they started killing people off. That bothered me, but that's mainly because... I like the comic books, and so I know a lot of the history of the comic books. So when they killed Deadpool's girlfriend, Vanessa, I understand that's the basis of this film. That's what makes this film what it uh, what it was, but it bothers me because Vanessa, I don't know if you know this, Mike, you probably don't, Vanessa goes on to be a superhero mutant in her own right, known as Copycat. Oh, I did not know that, man. Um, that does make it kind of interesting. In the original X-Force comic book, Copycat doesn't exist yet. A few few books in, they reveal that the introduction of Domino really wasn't Domino. It was actually Copycat playing Domino, and Domino gets introduced later after they introduce Copycat, which is kind of interesting. So that bothered me killing her off. And then, you know... Spoilers, like we've already said many times. They retcon the whole thing because in the end of the movie, as you see in the uh, extra credit scenes, Deadpool fixes Capel's time travel device and is now able to travel through time. So that was one death that bothered me, but clearly she is not dead going on. She is now alive because he went back and fixed things. The second issue was X-Force. I love... 
all those characters, well, not love. Love is a strong word. I like a lot of those characters from the comic books that they introduced in this film for playing the different roles in X-Force. I thought it was a great team to pick to start off. Literally 20 minutes, no, not even 20 minutes, like five minutes after you're introduced to all these characters, all of them die except for Domino. Every single freaking one of them, which was hilarious. It was hilarious in its own right, but it bothered me coming from the comic books because I wanted to see these people and their stories develop and how the hell they were going to explain Shatterstar coming from Mojo World and his really screwed up story. I wanted to see all that. And, then you know, they just slaughter all of them. Yeah, they they definitely did slaughter all of them. But, Matt, you're right. They 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 fix it kind of towards the end by alluding that uh, Deadpool is going to go change some things around. Now, they don't specifically show him saving everyone, but they do show him saving with Peter, correct? Yes. And did you see that video I sent you about who Peter possibly is? I did see that, yes. Yeah, so he might be a big factor in the X-Factor movie. Not X-Factor, I keep saying X-Factor. X-Force. In the X-Force movie that is getting made and is coming down the pipeline, I would estimate Deadpool is coming out every two years. I would say X-Force will probably be coming out in two years, maybe three. Depends how big of a budget they have for it. I definitely think Peter will be back. I think most... If not all of the X-Force crew that was slaughtered in Deadpool 2 will be back. I know they just showed Peter being saved, but I think Deadpool went back and saved all of them. Because they're, yes, they're small characters in the Marvel Universe, the comic book Marvel Universe, but they're still interesting characters in their own right. Yeah, I think they'll probably bring him back, man. I think it was partly to make fun of certain other Marvel movies. Oh, yeah. Totally. And they nailed it. It was hilarious. Yeah. Um, Matt, what did you think of the 007-style opening scene with Celine Dion song? Oh, that was incredible. That was done so well because uh, did you see the music video uh, that they put out of Celine Dion and Deadpool before the movie? <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. I'm sure it's great. Oh, it's great. It's hilarious. It's really funny. And I watched it. I'm not a fan of Celine Dion at all. True story, Ryan Reynolds actually wrote a letter asking Celine Dion if she would do something for Deadpool. And she actually agreed. She actually agreed to do it. And it just is hilarious. It just think it's blows my mind. Just uh, some Canadian love? Because isn't she from Canada? And I know Ryan Reynolds is from Canada. And I believe the movie was filmed in Canada. And we can go even farther than that. Deadpool in the comic universe, is from Canada as well. Ah, that must be the only reason that Ryan Reynolds wanted to play him. No, Ryan Reynolds has been wanting to play Deadpool forever just because of uh, his love for Deadpool in the comic books and his sarcasm and things like that. I was just kidding, man. <laughs> I'm sure, well, I'm sure him being a Canadian definitely contributes to it, but especially from Vancouver. I'm not sure which city Deadpool hails from, though. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, uh, it it was pretty funny. There's even kind of a joke in there that's making fun of Canada and, and Deadpool's like, or I'm not sure if it was Wade Wilson or Deadpool at, at that moment was like, what'd you say? We're, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved the opening. The whole opening of this film was great from the Celine Dion song 
to the really fast flash forward Deadpool slaughtering all these giant crime bosses across the world. I thought that was great. You know, he had the Yakuza, he had the mob in Italy. Uh, I don't think they're actually in Italy. I think they're in New York or wherever Deadpool is. But him going and slaughtering all these different crime families and crime bosses with just not even thinking about it and not even giving a shit at all. I thought that was just a great way to open the movie. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, no, that was pretty cool. It was it was a good good scene. I I enjoyed a lot of parts of this movie. Uh, one of the parts that I was really like, it's pretty funny, and it was kind of gross. But um, since I kind of like male genitalia, the uh, like like Mike, I, yeah. I'm think I'm thinking you should use the word love, love, love. Perhaps I love the male <laughs> genitalia in the movies, and I want more of it. Well, man, they're giving it to me. When when Deadpool... Uh, spoilers. Deadpool gets torn in half by a character that I don't know if we want to reveal. But uh, anyway, his legs have to grow back. And there's this scene where everybody just keeps walking in and talking about how gross it is. And his little teeny penis. And uh, you get to see it a little bit in some of these shifting parts. It's It's really funny. His baby penis and his baby legs. Oh, yeah, that was so it, funny. It just keeps going, too. They keep, like, more people keep coming in. And he's like, what? Why are all these people here? It was really funny. I love funny. that. Yeah, he even points it out. He's like, why is everybody showing up in my apartment now? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was really funny. Um, you know, I was disappointed in the movie overall. But there was some really great funny parts, you know, and the story was pretty, pretty solid. I'm mainly just disappointed because they slaughtered all of X-Force. That made me so mad, you know, and and then there were little things, little nitpicky things like the opening credits, you know, the uh, original Deadpool, the opening credits, they were like, oh, some guy and why this guy, this guy sucks or ass liquor or whatever for the different, you know, yeah. produced by or director. In this one, they did the same thing, but it really felt forced, and I did not like that at all. It just really felt forced. But what I did like is how that whole opening scene felt like a James Bond film. Yeah, you definitely know the did. whole yeah. credits that yeah. was hilarious. No, it, it was Dead Deadpool as a Bond girl. I mean, that was that was great. Yeah, no, it definitely felt like a a, a James Bond opening. Um, Matt, I don't know if you want to bring up the character that's that's in this that the big character that that tears him in half. But uh, your call, Mike. I mean, we can. I know it's been stipulated about even before the movie came out in trailers and things like that. I don't know if you want to ruin it for everybody. We do spoil everything here, so why not? I don't really have a problem with it. All right. So so. When the Juggernaut comes out and they have these all, hey, we're going to have a giant CGI, G- CGI fight. Uh, that was hilarious. And then the song that is playing, You Can't Stop the Juggernaut, Holy Shitballs, was so funny. Oh, yeah. That was so good. So good. And that was Colossus versus the Juggernaut, which is a classic X-Men battle. Classic X-Men battle. Yeah. Uh, that that was that was awesome. Um, I really really enjoyed that quite a bit. Now, 
Matt, you might need to cue the music here for the MCU tie-in, but this one's going to be pretty easy for everybody. This one, I think, is probably really easy, Mike, but all right. Ready? Let's play the music. So, Josh Brolin, who's Cable in this movie, and in this movie that just came out, oh, Avengers Infinity War, uh, he's also Thanos. So Have I heard of that movie? Did we see that movie? Yeah, I think we saw that movie. Anyway. Hmm. I so, don't remember. Yeah. Oh, wait. I think it's probably one of our most downloaded episodes. Is it? Is it now? It's getting there. Oh, that's that's good stuff. Good stuff. Our first episode to hit 100 downloads, though, is not a good episode in my book, but whatever. Which which episode is it, Matt? Oh, it's one of your favorites, Michael. The one with Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, the... the oh, man. Red... Uh... Red Dead Revolver. Wait, that's a video game. No, no, not that one. Red Sparrow. Come Red on, Sparrow. Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, I was thinking Russians. Ah, duh. Do you not? You clearly don't pay attention to your own podcast. Yeah, that's that's what it is, Matt. I'm glad I get to listen to them multiple times over, and you don't at all. Yeah, no. I know. After I record this, man, I don't even know what I said. You go Santo style. I know you do. Santos, to this day, he's, I think he was saying he's on episode 170 something last night. To this day, he has only listened to one of his own podcasts. Wow. That's impressive. That is impressive. Well, Matt, there's there's one other thing that I wanted to really emphasize of of this movie. And it's, it's the, during the credits, there's some amazing... Amazing, funny scenes in the credits. It's probably the best credit scenes I've ever seen in a movie. But I don't know if we should get into the details of it or if we should just let it, like, lie. What, what do you think, Matt? I, I'm cool with doing whatever. Uh, people know that they probably should see the movie before they listen to our podcast. I actually talked with a few of our listeners last night at the Mile High Show pre-solo podcast at Big Daddy E's Barbecue in Chino Valley, Arizona. That is bbebbq.com. There's your plug, uh, Eric. <laughs> nice, nice. Good good, good one, Matt. Good job. Dude, I love Eric, man. Eric is one of the very first people I met when I first moved to Prescott. And we have been friends kind of ever since. He's a really cool, chill dude and makes a hell of a freaking ribeye. Okay, so they were saying that it's totally okay? What were they saying? No, um, they were saying, you know, we love your podcast, but we always have to make sure that we see the movie first. And I said, exactly. That's the point. It is a movie review. It is not a movie preview. We do movie reviews. We are here to give you our opinions on movies, and we don't care that we're not professionals. 
And we don't care if you like our opinions or not. We have fun doing it, and we have fun talking about it. Okay, And I love movies. Yeah, well, well, with that, I just want to talk about it was awesome to see the new Deadpool kill the original Deadpool that debuted in, I don't even remember which X-Men movie, where his mouth was It wasn't. It was an X-Men movie. It was a Wolverine movie. And that's where the whole tie-in where Wolverine is in the Deadpool movie because of that. Ah, yes. That was X-Men Wolverine Origins. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a terrible Deadpool. Anyway, it was fun to see him get killed, the original one. Oh, yeah. And he just wasn't killed. He was practically mutilated. Yeah. And then the really funny part of when he's playing with time and he goes back in time and kills Ryan Reynolds, who's about to do the Green Lantern script. Oh, yeah. He's just even (laughs) going to read it. And he just lights him up. Just one right through the head. That was great. Yeah, I was cracking up so hard because he really does have quite the sense of humor about all this stuff. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Now, do you know that there was originally another part of that and it was going to be at the very end of the credits and I stayed to the very end to see if they did it or not, but at the last minute they pulled it because of fan reaction? What? No, I did not know that. What what is it about? The fans that they had the first screeners were super offended about it. Super offended, and they did not want people to be having this in their mind as the very last thing that they saw at the end of a Deadpool movie. So they pulled it and they even alluded to it in the movie. When Deadpool starts talking about time, the very end credits after the end credits, they were, they originally had a scene. Hopefully it'll make it to the Blu-ray, which would be great. But Deadpool travels back in time and kills baby Hitler. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. Yep. And it upset audiences where they were doing their first screeners so bad that they pulled it. Wow. Wow. Well, I... Yeah. Would that would that would have bothered you, Mike? No, I would have enjoyed it. But, you know, it's hard to say what, what they'll do with the rest of that. And anyway. Yeah, you have a dark sense of humor like me, though, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Matt, did you hear some weird trivia about this movie? Oh, sweet. Is this our next segment of Mike's Quirky Facts? I I don't know, Matt, but... See, I had a quirky fact, so it's time for yours. Um, This is the first, like, Marvel's movie, Marvel-esque movie that has no Stan Lee cameo. That's true. I realized that, too, after the film was over. I was anticipating at least seeing him in... The post credit scenes. Now, do you think that's because during the filming of this movie, Stanley was kind of in and out of hospitals? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I definitely think it was something like that. I mean, we also have to realize, Matt, Stanley, what is he, 96? I don't think he's going to be with us too much longer. And it's just, it's been awesome that he's been able to do as much as he has. Yeah, he has been, he's up there. I really hope in either Avengers 4 or Ant-Man and Wasp or one of the upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe films that they really show Stan Lee being a watcher. I think that would be great. They kind of alluded to it, 
I don't remember the end credits of which film it was, but they kind of alluded to it where Stanley's on the moon and there's a, a plethora of watchers. There's like three or four of them standing around him and he's telling them about, you know, that time when he was a FedEx postman and all that stuff. I think they should do something where they have Stanley morph into uh, like one of the watchers, you know, like he morphs into a watcher on the moon or something. And then he ends up becoming the watcher that's on the moon that overlooks the whole Marvel universe, which is a thing in the comic books. I think that would just be really cool. And then Stan Lee could live on past his clearly death that's coming sooner than probably later, which I hate to say, but it's true. Yeah, I mean, man, he's he's pretty old now, so it's uh and his wife passed away recently. I mean, he's yeah. We've been blessed to have him be in as many movies as he already has been. But I just think doing a tribute and an honor to him to have him be one of the watchers and stay in the films even past his death would be phenomenal. But that's my thoughts. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to bring up about this movie, Matt? I I really enjoyed... Oh, yeah. I got a great one that I don't think you saw at all. Yeah, probably not. Go for it. At all. Okay, so the invisible guy on (laughs) (laughs) X-Force is Vanisher. Did you catch who played Vanisher when he was getting electrocuted? Oh, man. It was so fast. I don't think I caught who it was. Well, Michael, and I caught it in the theaters. I caught it, and I confirmed it later when I came home. That is the one, the only, Mr. Brad Pitt. What? That's awesome. That's so awesome. Dead serious. That is awesome. He was he was uh, originally looking into the role of Cable, so maybe he kind of wants to get in on this, uh, this, this comic book movie stuff. I don't know. I'm personally surprised he's not. I mean, not even just Marvel or MCU or Deadpool or X-Men. I mean, any of them, like DC Universe, any of them. I am personally surprised he has not taken up a role and jumped in on this because I think Brad Pitt would do very well in a role, especially something a little bit more slapsticky like Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, he he's proven that he can do some comedy stuff. He's he. I think I think he would do well in these movies. So it'll be nice to see when Deadpool. Deadpool fixes all the stuff with the time, um, and the X-Force gets uh, a whole movie. What What's going to happen with The Vanisher? Yeah, I'm excited for uh, the X-Force movie. I really am. If anything, that's one big takeaway from this movie. Now, I've only seen Deadpool once. I'm going to go see it again, hopefully with my buddy Dave. Uh, he loves, you know, sick, gross sarcastic humor and he loved the first deadpool so hopefully he will enjoy the second one but it's just really it's really made me excited for the x-force movie yeah what did you think on the violence level like uh i think some people were complaining that this one was just violence to be violent well yeah that's deadpool it's a lot like john wick in a way it's ultra violence to be ultra violence man that's deadpool one thing that they've done with Deadpool in the movie world versus the comic book world is that they've actually kind of toned him down a little bit. In the comic book world, he's a killer psychopath for no reason in a lot of the comic books. When Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe and then he kills the Marvel Universe again, he literally goes through and slaughters all of the Marvel heroes, 
that everyone knows and loves for literally no freaking reason. None whatsoever. And so I'm glad that they've kind of dialed that back for audiences. Deadpool clearly has motives for killing in this movie. It makes sense. I guess it's still a little bit too much for some audiences. Oh, and uh, Matt, I was going to ask you, T.J. Miller is the the bartender uh, weasel in, in the movie, and I, I guess he's gotten into some real-life trouble lately. Yeah, with the uh, hashtag MeToo, I haven't been paying attention a lot to that because I really don't follow a lot of the Hollywood drama BS, but I know he's gotten into trouble with something on Twitter and the hashtag MeToo, and I know it's not good. Yeah, something happened with that, and I think he kind of got out of that. But he also, like, called in, like, a bomb threat or something when he was drunk in D.C. for, like, a train. I don't know. Holy shit, I didn't hear about that. That's crazy. Yeah, no, that one is the one I think that perhaps got him fired, because I believe that he's not going to be involved with any more Deadpool stuff from now on. Well, I know in the Deadpool movie, which was alluded to a little bit in some of the reviews I was reading after seeing the movie. I don't remember the exact joke off the top of my head, but TJ Miller actually has a joke pertaining to the hashtag MeToo movement in Deadpool 2, and that really pissed a lot of people off. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of sad because I enjoy his many of his characters, including Silicon Valley and... and um. Uh, some other things that he's been a part of, so it, it'll be kind of sad if he's yeah blacklisted it's or whatever. Suck. I know you really liked him in Ready Player One too. Yeah, it, it, Big Hero Six probably my favorite. Just going over my notes here, I got a couple things that I didn't talk about because I'm not really going off my notes. I take these notes now and I just don't read them. Oh, that's really what those notes are for, Matt. To not use at all. That's why you wrote them. Okay, so here's one uh, you probably don't know because you don't read the comic books, which if you ever do, let me know. Uh, I can point you to some really great, fun Deadpool stories. The healing factor for Deadpool is spot on. When Deadpool blows himself up into multiple pieces after Vanessa is killed and he magically is all back together and alive... That happens more times than you can count in the freaking comic book. There's times where he was obliterated so bad in the comic book that all that's left of him is cells, and they still have enough to regenerate him completely. It takes time, but it still happens. Okay, so he's he pretty much is undestructible. Um, yes. So, and they were trying to get that, make that point in the movie. Yeah, his healing factor in the movie is spot on with the comic books. Awesome. Uh, Here's one that I wrote down. Uh, Cable was awesome. I thought Josh Brolin is Cable. I think he did a better job as Cable than he did as Thanos, but that's my opinion. Uh, I enjoyed him. I really liked him as Cable. At the end of the movie, when everyone's walking away, and if you take a look... You can kind of tell, I think it's all doing with that F is family, F is for family or whatever yeah, yeah, scene yeah, towards yeah, the yeah. end. Family is not an F word. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and they're walking away. If you look, Cable's kind of standing in the middle and then everyone else is kind of flanking him. 
you know, Domino and Russell and Deadpool and all that. Yeah. Well, Cable in the comic books is actually the founder of X-Force. Oh, okay. All right. I think that whole scene is kind of alluding to who the X-Force movie might be, character-wise. Okay. And here's one more. The actor that played Russell, I think, killed it. I'm not a super huge fan of Russell as a character himself, but I think the actor that played Russell did a very, very, very good job. Um, I didn't know too much about what Russell's history was and stuff, but uh, yeah, it was it was a good role. Uh, I, I thought he did a, a good job. I would have liked to have seen more of Russell's backstory in the movie. There was a little bit. You know, uh, with him in the orphanage and everything that happened there. Oh, but yeah. I would have liked. Very late. Yeah, I would have liked to seen a little bit more about the orphanage, uh, maybe about Domino and how she came from that same exact orphanage and they did the exact same stuff to her. I think having more of that in there and why he was out there when they first show up as the X-Men and Deadpool's an X-Men trainee, why (laughs) he was out there and just slaughtering everything and all that and how he was able to do that when clearly this orphanage, they're keeping him restrained and doing all these things to him. Horrible, horrible things. I thought the actor that played the villain of that orphanage, hes I don't know his name. I don't remember his name, but he is a pretty well-known actor, and he had no speaking parts whatsoever. They did not allude to much of his story and how he came to be or why he is doing these things. Yeah, it was very, very light on that stuff. Like I imagine there's some stuff that got cut on the floor. I, I assume that's probably what a lot of it is. The whole explanation is that he just doesn't like mutants, which is clearly a thing that is going on in this universe. Yeah, it looked like he might be doing some religious, like, you know, their abominations from, you know, God and they shouldn't exist kind of thing. Like, religious grounds for the way that he is acting towards them. But you're right, it doesn't explain much. Yeah, I I would have really liked to have seen a little bit more. I think that is all my notes. I talked about copycat already and... Yeah. So, so, Matt, with that, how how many reels are you going to give this movie? I'm really interested to hear yours first. Wow. That makes me feel special, Mike. When I grow up, can I be as cool as you? Yes. Sweet. You still have to grow up, though. Oh, well, even though I'm older than you. Yeah, that doesn't, doesn't mean you're grown up. Oh, that's true. I'm not. Just as Santos likes to point out, my doll collection. Dick. <laughs> Be that here nor there and how much I love Deadpool, I give Deadpool 2 three and a half reels out of five. Wow. I I am impressed. I, th- I thought you were going to paint it a little bit more, but uh, cool. No, man. It's, you know, I consider the three range average, and I would say Deadpool 2 is just a little bit above average. I really wanted to like it more, but I just have problems with certain things i really wanted to see more x-force i really like some of those characters they're just odd fun interesting characters and they obliterated them all right so mike what did you think of deadpool 2 what's your rating so matt uh once again we differ i am gonna go four reels out of five and the reason is even though it's not quite as good as the original deadpool there's something just missing i can't quite pinpoint it but 
I still really liked it, and I want everybody to go see this. I feel like everybody needs to see this, because this is just great. It's like the anti-superhero movie, and it's great at it. Well, yeah, that's what Deadpool is. Anti, uh, Deadpool is the anti-hero hero. He is the hero that you love to hate. A lot like Punisher. Punisher is an anti-hero hero. He does a lot of horrible, terrible things in the real world, but everyone is pulling for him because he is just so badass. Yeah, I just, I enjoy the way that Deadpool or Wade Wilson is so sarcastic and just kind of like a, kind of like a douchebag a lot, more than a lot, and it's just funny. Dude, I need to get you reading his comic book. You'll love it. Like, one of my favorite storylines is one of the more modern storylines. Do you know who uh, Brian Posehn is? No, I don't. He's a actor. Uh, if you saw him, you'd recognize him. He's a character actor. He's very tall in... Real life, he's not that tall. He's probably around my height, 6'4", something like that. He's balding. He wears glasses. He has red hair. He's been on The Big Bang Theory. He's been on The Sil- Sarah Silverman Show. Uh, he's a stand-up comedian. He, for a while, actually did the writing for Deadpool. And one of my favorite Deadpool stories ever, it's one of the most absurd comic book storylines in the history of comic books, was written by him. It was actually his very first story in Deadpool, and it is where Deadpool has to kill the zombie presidents of the United States. (laughs) Uh, That sounds fun already. It is the most absurd thing I have ever read. I don't want to go into it too much because this is not a podcast about comic books, but the story is basically a necromancer guy raises all the presidents of the United States that have died and they end up becoming these like zombie ghost things. And they're trying to, I don't remember if they're trying to take back the United States or they see how shitty the U S has become and they want to reclaim it and start over and whatever. And Deadpool gets drawn in to this. And in all the episodes, they literally show him killing Every single dead president of the United States. It's just hilarious. I just loved it. What a what an interesting storyline to be your first storyline. But hey, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. All right. Well, Mike, I can go on and talk forever about Deadpool, but I think I'm going to stop. Okay. So... You got anything else you want to add about Deadpool 2? No, I like I said, I just want people to go see it. Uh, I enjoy the anti-superhero stuff as much as I enjoy some of the superhero stuff. But this 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 movie is great. It's it's fun. Um, oh, this is not for kids. Absolutely not for kids. Please don't take your kids to this. But other than that, it's great. I thought it was a family movie. Well, F is for family. F no, family is not an F word. That's that's all. Alrighty. Well, on that note, I think we will leave you with that. All right. Thanks, everybody. Until next time. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.